uh, turn in your Bible with me to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. And as you're turning, we're going to pray one more prayer. God, speak to us today. Let your word come alive in our heart and change our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said one more amen. Man, back in VBS days, which was what, six, eight weeks ago, uh, this was the keynote verse, and this is the theme of Vacation Bible School. Oh, we had a great Vacation Bible School last uh, this summer, uh, and and it just sparked this thought in me, this theme of power up. Everybody say power up. And so we've been talking about that ever since in different ways and means, but I want to read to you uh, where this verse, <coughs> where this theme comes from. I'm going to read the first, <coughs> pardon me, thank you, Jeremy. In advance, <laughs> I'm going to read <clears throat> the first 10 verses. Here we go. Are you ready? <clears throat> and there's the keynote verse, which is in the New Living Translation that says, by his divine power, <clears throat> pardon me, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Here's the context. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us. Everybody say, with us. By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power. Everybody say, power up. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which has been given to us, and this is what we talked about last week, I believe, by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What a powerful promise about the promises of God. That was last Sunday. We talked about powering up with the promises of God. And then he goes on to say, after he says, you can escape the corruption that is in the world through lust because of his divine power, because of this faith we have in Christ, because of this these precious promises and all the above, he says in verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Everybody say all diligence. Now follow me here. He's about to enumerate some personal disciplines, okay, for all of us. To, to, to consciously add into our life. He says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love. Now, verse 8, he says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never what? Stumble. You'll never fall. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Now, let me go back to where we first began. Hold that thought that I just shared with you. Go back to the, the, the power, the, the number one power up principle that we looked at, uh, was this. And, and, and it certainly applies here. Accessing God's ongoing supernatural power to live a godly life requires our ongoing supplemental participation. In other words, if you want to live a godly life, you got to take what God has done and then follow through with what he tells us to do, blend the two together, and you got it going on. Amen. It takes our supplemental participation. And that's what we see in this these 10 verses. He talks about his divine power, his supernatural, the promises of God, the grace and peace, the precious faith. And then he says, but here, here's your part. There's some things in life you've got to work on. You've got to appropriate these things in your life. You've got to participate. You've got to add some things into the mix. Are you with me? Say amen. And so we don't just sit around and, and quote the promises. We gotta, we've gotta follow through with the conditions for those promises, so on and so forth. So today we're gonna talk about that from a different angle and about how, how we should participate with the blessings and the promises of God. And we're gonna talk today about powering up with the people of God. Everybody say the people of God. 
Look at your neighbor, give him a fist bump, say, power up, power up. We power up with the people of God. Now, you're at Second Peter, but if you want to get a head start, turn to Ephesians, put your little marker there, hold your place in Ephesians. Uh, but let me show you this principle in this passage of Scripture and the importance of people in our life. Notice the first verse. To those who have obtained like precious faith, everyone say with us. Man, he's talking about community right there. He's talking about family. He's talking about relationships. Are you with me? Say amen. In other words, he's talking about the importance and the priority of people in our lives. And then look in verse three. <coughs> Pardon me. His divine power has given to me all things that pertain. No. His divine power has given to Somebody say us. In other words, it's community. It's a family affair. It's not just for me, myself, and I. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. It's family. Uh, and God, all God ever wanted was a family. He wanted children and a family. He's, how many of you know he's the, he, he's the, he's the ultimate consummate family man, if you will, even though he's not a man. It's all about family. It's about relationships. Are you with me? In fact, Ephesians talks about husband loves your wife as Christ loves the church. He, he built the family. He's the, he's the father of a, uh, of us all. He's our God and father. So, so it's, it's about relationships. Now, follow me. He then gets down to verse five and six and he says, you need to start adding some things into your life and they're personal spiritual disciplines. Add to your giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. How many of you know those things are hugely important? But notice the last two things that he says, we have to consciously, proactively add into our lives that are certainly just as important as godliness, just as important as knowledge, just as important as self-control, just as important as virtue and perseverance, add to godliness, brotherly kindness and a brotherly kindness love in other words he said let me tell you something if you're going to if you're going to get all that god has for you you have to embrace the reality that righteous relationships should be top priority in your life that's why the theme powering up with the people of god now and so we must come to the place where we value you can hit that next scripture there for me if you want. I've already passed it up. Uh, we value these righteous relationships in our life and, and, and realize, man, God gave us relationships and they are so important into our life. So, so what he's saying here, now notice this, notice this. When you add brotherly kindness and, and love into your life, if these things are yours and abound, Look what it says. You'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's important for us to realize God values relationship. How many of you know he, he values relationships so much that he sent his son to die for you so we and he could be back in relationship with one another? How many of you know God values relationship? He really does. And so if he values relationship, we need to value these righteous relationships and begin to power up with the right kind of relationships that God has for us today. He says, he said, listen, notice the, notice the importance and the value. If you have these things and you abound in these right relationships for the context of our message today, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that's powerful. And so we value them in our life. And then, though I haven't read it, uh, the first, uh, as you get over to verse 16, he talks about the value of trustworthy leaders in our life. People who we can trust to help us and guide us and direct us. 
What's he saying? We need one another. We need people in our lives who have some spiritual import into our lives, who can speak the word of the Lord into our lives because without it, uh, in fact, what does it say? Without it, uh, we're short-sighted even to blindness and we've forgotten that we are uh, cleansed from our old sins. And guess what? If we don't have it, uh, we'll we'll stumble in life. So we've got to power up with the people of God. How many of you are catching it so far? Say amen. So it's very important for us to value not only our relationship with God, but value and and appropriate and put into practice the importance and priority of, of, of righteous relationships with the body of Christ, with others, and with trustworthy leaders. You look through Scripture, Jesus valued relationship when he was on planet Earth. In fact... His disciples that he rallied with him, you know what their first job was? Just to be with him. Hello. Just to be, just to be with him for relationship, for the influence and for the help and the support back and forth. So relationships are so important, righteous relationships. And, and so, in fact, the context of this book is a warning about bad relationships, about false teachers, about false doctrines, about negative influences, about deceptive practices and teachings. And so uh, here's here's what we've already learned, if you catch it, if we've got good, healthy relationships in the body of Christ and good, healthy relationships with leaders in our life who can speak the word of the Lord in us, there's there's, there's a hedge of protection and a blessing over our life. Are you with me, Savior? We're going to talk about that. And so that's the whole point of this book is the importance of healthy relationship with God, healthy relationship with others. So these false doctrines, these destructive uh, 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 influences in the world have no power and import into our lives. In fact, if if you go to Ephesians, let me just show you this, Ephesians 4, we'll go back and forth. Uh, uh, If you go to Ephesians, when it comes to trusted leaders, verse 11 says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying or the building up or the strengthening or in our context for the powering up of the people of God, the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect, to a now, to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then he says, we should no longer be children tossed around by every wind of doctrine, uh, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Uh, and, and then says, but speaking the truth in love. What do you see there? You see, relationships are so very important for us uh, in our life to, to be all that God wants us to be. Look around and tell somebody we're better together. We are better together. I'm better because of you. I hope you're better because of me. Uh, And guys, if you come to uh, Man Cave tonight, you're going to realize we're better together. I can be a better father if I connect with other men. I can be a better leader in my business. I can be a better father to my children. I can be a better uh, whatever to, to the world around me because I have godly, righteous relationships around me that are going to strengthen me. With that in mind today, I want to give you this thought. And then kind of flesh it out. Here it is. Righteous relationships are God's plan for his people. Righteous relationships are God's plan for his people. Now, let me just throw, before we jump into this, how many of you have ever ever had a bad relationship with people? Let let me just, just for funsies, you want to know, how many have ever gotten a fist fight? Ladies, please don't raise your hand. I, I, I have a bad picture of you from there. I've only been in one fist fight. Aren't you glad? But the sad thing is, there was only one punch thrown, and I was on the receiving end thereof. Help me, Jesus. You've had relationships that were not good. You've had influence. How many of you have had influences in your life that you look back on and say, man, I should never let that influence into my life. That was bad for me. Conversely, 
or on the other side of the coin, God has righteous relationships for us. It's his plan for us to be surrounded with good, healthy, whole, righteous people. It doesn't mean you're hunting for perfection. If you're hunting for perfection, you're in the wrong place. You got to go to heaven to get that. But I'm telling you, uh, God has a plan for us and it is to have not only a good, healthy, right relationship with him, but a good, healthy, right relationship with his family. Now, let me just say this. If we say we love God and we hate our brother, we're a liar. That's what the Bible says. If we say, I love God, but man, that church... And there's a lot of people do that, don't they? That church is full of hypocrites. You ever heard those excuses? Why, sure, so's your business. You still go there. <laughs> we need one another. We're not perfect, but to, we're better together. Everybody say we're better together. So with that in mind, now let me give you a special note here, special note, take note, take a picture. I want you to see something uh, that, that back in Second uh, Peter ch- chapter 1, I want you to see this, what... Paul says, pardon me, Peter says, concerning these things we add into our life, which includes righteous relationships, what does he say? Uh, He says in verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Everyone say giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. Now, uh, without going into the context of all those personal spiritual disciplines, We're going to fast forward to brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness and love. In other words, what's he saying here? Get busy, get serious about the business of building healthy, righteous, holy, if you will, relationships with others in the family of God. I've met people in church go, I don't have any friends. I wonder whose fault that is. It's the church people. They're just so unfriendly. Now, some of them are. But you can't let that rub off on you. You got to show yourself friendly. The Bible says if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. In other words, you have to be proactive. You have to give all diligence. It basically means this, uh, that we as, as the people of God need to realize the value of righteous relationships and get busy about the business of building them. Let me tell you something. Hey, uh, lifelong godly friends don't just fall out of trees uh, on, uh, in front of you. They, they are a life of building relationships with other people. And could I just be bold? Can I be bold with you today? I don't want to be rude, crude, or sociably unfittable. But let me tell you something. If you find yourself without many friends, it's probably not everybody else's fault. Brush your teeth or something. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. We gotta be proactive. We've gotta be diligent about the business of realizing, oh man, I gotta be godly, but hey, I can be, I can add godliness to my life and I'll be setting it, setting it home by myself and I will not have the support system around me to get where I need to go, to do what I need to do or do what we need to do. And as a result, I'll fall seriously short of God's hand of favor and blessing in my life and I'll stumble. That's the reality right there. Are you with me? Say amen. So they're God's plan. In fact, building right relationships should take priority in our lives, just like the personal disciplines of, of, of faith and virtue and knowledge and self-control uh, and perseverance. And so let me just raise the bar here of our thinking to realize, man, we have a responsibility to begin to build uh, healthy, righteous relationships uh, uh, around us. And let me tell you, if we don't get proactive and diligent about it, guess what? The world will help us out with our friends and family, uh, and uh, we may get what we want, but not want what we got. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, the second greatest commandment Jesus gave, the first one is what? Love the Lord God with all your heart. I mean, these are the two greatest commandments. Jesus said, everything else falls under these two Catch these, Jesus said. Let me do, in fact, you know, these Jews, they were all about commandments and laws and rules and obeying them. And Jesus said, could I just simplify it all for you? Could I just break it down into some simple thoughts so you can understand it? Here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Number one. Number two. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. So, so how I many of you know, God requires us the responsibility, uh, not only, you know, for the sake of others, but for our sake, we, the responsibility is embrace this, this reality of brotherly kindness and love and relationship. So with that in mind, let me give you five thoughts. Here they are. Right relationships are God's plan for His ministry of productivity in your life. God wants you to be productive. How many of you want to be productive in life? You don't want to sit around. In fact, I had this discussion with someone uh, yesterday. I'm, I'm just shooting from the hip. That I, said, I don't want to just go to work and do the same old thing and just come to the end of my life. I know God has a plan and a purpose for my life. Listen, God wants us to be productive for him. What did he say here? If we add these things into our life, if the, look in verse, for if these things are yours, verse 8, and abound, uh, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you will get serious about building relationships and get the chip off your shoulder, come on now. Some people live with a chip on their shoulder. They're trying to always figure out a reason where they don't have to have a righteous relationship. They got a chip on their shoulder about something. How many of you know we need to forgive and, and so God can forgive us and realize, man, if I don't do that, I'm going to be all alone and I'm not going to be only all alone, but I'm going to find myself like a straying little sheep away from the fold and the enemy will immediately begin to pursue me. And if we want to be productive, and, and here's what he said, if, if these things are yours, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, catch this, this blows my mind. That word knowledge is not head knowledge. It's like full revelation and understanding of Jesus Christ. Now, in the context of building right relationships, look what he said. If you'll build healthy, righteous relationships with others uh, in your life, not only for their sake, guess what will happen for you? You get to know Jesus better. <laughs> you don't know Jesus very well if you don't have many godly friends. Hello. I might get up dance on that one. If you don't have very many godly friends, if you don't, if you are an isolationist, I'll talk about that in a moment, but if you're just kind of got the big wall up, well, it's just not my nature. You don't know Jesus very well because Jesus, when he gets on the inside of you, he's not reaching in. He wants to reach out. And so our relationships with others, if they're righteous relationships, help us get to know God better. We'll be We'll have the knowledge of God. And it helps us be productive. Now, quickly, go over to Ephesians. Go over there real quick. Go back to Ephesians. Here it is. Ephesians, two places. Uh, and, and in fact, it, you would do well to read the entire book of Ephesians in this context. But look in Ephesians 2, 19 through 20. Uh, to, it says, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. There's relationships. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, there's righteous leaders and righteous uh, uh, relationships with the family of God. He says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So you got relationship with Jesus. You got relationship with the leaders in the church. You got relationship with the people in the church. And it says, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows. Everybody say it grows. It grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom also you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Do you see the productivity of relationship there? If you do say, I see it, pastor. Now go over to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Already read it, I think. He gave some to be apostles and prophets for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up. There's the growth of the body of Christ. And so righteous relationships are God's plan for his people so we can be productive for him. And that's the whole purpose of us still being here. Not to take up space and demand his attention. Are you with me? It's to be productive for him. Let me tell you something. Without others, your productivity for the kingdom 
falls to the floor. We need others in our life. You see it in the birth of the church. Others began to come, and what did they do? They began to build relationship with one another. They ate their food with one another. They would go from house to house. They began to build relationships. Come on, somebody say, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. They were, it was all about relationships. Not religion, relationships. Right relationships are God's plan for his ministry of productivity in your life. Now, number two, just as important, we see this in this passage. Right relationships are God's plan for his multi-layered protection in your life. How many of you know God wants to protect us? And I've done this. How many of you have done that? Lord, we just ask you for angels, angels, angels uh, all around us. And and there is reality angels. Let me tell you, let me tell you one of the ways God puts the protective hedge over our life. It's through our friends. Look, let me show you this. God protects us through relationships. If you go back to that second Peter, Verse 9, for he who lacks these things, what's the context? Righteous relationships. So let me throw it. For he who lacks healthy, good, wholesome, righteous relationships is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Uh, and then the rest of the book has to do with, with deception and false teachers. So very quickly, let me give you this. Healthy, righteous relationships, that they, they, they protect us in many different ways. Number one, they're a protection from spiritual short-sightedness. Did, uh, did you know others, especially leaders in our life, have the capacity to speak vision and destiny into our life? Uh, and without it, we become short-sighted. All we can see is the here and now. Oh, that's just now. Oh man, what I'm going to do with this right here. We can't see beyond the nose on our face and somebody that we have a relationship comes in and speaks a word into our life and all of a sudden our eyes are open. We really begin to realize, hey, it's not all hopeless. God's still in charge. I can do this. Thank you, brother. It's called encouragement. Hallelujah. And so it protects us from spiritually short-sightedness. And let me just tell you something. When you get short-sighted, all you can see is the here and now. Here's what immediately begins to happen. You lose hope for tomorrow. And we need friends, and we need to be the kind of friends that comes into people's lives and keeps them realizing, hey, God's still in charge. It's not over till it's over. Get up, let's get going. God's a God of hope. He's the Father of mercies. He'll help us today. And all of a sudden you realize, whoo, thank you, Jesus. And then there'll come a time when you see your friends are beginning to lose focus. You come into their life and say, hey, it's okay, brother. I'm with you. Let's go. Come on, get up. Here we go. See, friends, the right kind of friends protect us from spiritual short-sightedness. Keep us looking to the future and realizing that God has a plan for our life. It's not over. It's only just begun. Could it get a better amen? Right relationships not only protect us from spiritual short-sightedness, but they protect us from spiritual blindness. He says this. He said, if you lack these things, you're short-sighted even to blindness. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, the people perish. Have you ever tried to walk through the dark, a place you didn't know where you were? Man, it is devastatingly uh, uh, troublesome. People get blind. And, and friendships, relationships that God gives us that we build, keep us from becoming spiritually blind uh, in our life to where we can continue to see friends shine light into our path through the word of God and the encouragement of God. Right relationships provide protection from spiritual short-sightedness, from spiritual blindness, and also from protection from spiritual forgetfulness. It says this, even to blindness, and have forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. I could never forget that. No, yes, you can. I can. We can forget what God has done. You read this passage. You read the Bible. You know what one of the children of Israel's biggest infirmities was? Forgetfulness. 
they were always forgetting what God had done. I will never forget what God has done. Let me, let me just draw a picture. Recently and, and, and through the last number of years, our, the way our culture has changed and shifted, parents are so busy and so stressed and so uh, uh, moving in such a fast-paced direction uh, that tragically sometimes parents put their children in their little babies in their car seat who they love dearly, who they would just, and they get so distracted and so dis, dis, discombobulated with, with what's going on that they pull up to work, go into work, work all day and forget their child in the car seat. And have you seen that? And we tend to go, those terrible parents. No, they're not terrible parents. They're forgetful parents. I would never forget. Don't never say never. And let me tell you something, without people to help us, people to come alongside us without healthy relationship, whether you say it or believe it or not, there may come a time in your life by yourself because it, the, it's very clear without relationships, you're going to stumble. You and I are not going to be productive. We're going to be forgetful. We're going to let other things come into our life and keep it. That's what, hey, let me just, do I have to go to church? No, you get to go to church. Do I have to be, no, you don't have to, you get to, because this is God's hedge of protection in our life to protect us from spiritual short-sightedness, from spiritual blindness, from spiritual forgetfulness, and in the context of this book, to protect us from spiritual deception, false teachers, false doctrine. Catch these two Proverbs. Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no counsel, the people what? Fall. No, yeah, where there is no counsel, where there is no righteous relationship of influence in our life, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, relationships, peers of influence in our life, what does it say? There is safety. There's protection. Proverbs 24, 6, kind of like it. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Now, one of the worst things you and I can do is build counsel around us that is not wise. I've, I've given this illustration before. You know, because divorce is so prevalent in the world, uh, 50% of people have been divorced. Uh, and if you're in the middle of a divorce, please don't be uh, offended by this. But here's what tends to happen is that someone in the middle of the divorce, because they just need a comforting word, they find a bunch of other people who are in the middle of divorce. And rather than encourage each other, y'all all rally together and ready to hang somebody. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about. We need wise counsel in our lives. Because you got a, you got a war to wage and you better have the wisdom of God and the wisdom of others. Uh, by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. There's protection. Who? Somebody say, come on, Jesus. I don't know if I'll ever get off that. I said it. I'm going to say it again. If a sheep strays from the flock, and I see it all the time. Let me tell you, if a sheep strays from the flock, it becomes immediately vulnerable to the enemy. Immediately. You think the devil's not watching? You think he's just not waiting for a chance to slip in? Can I get something off my chest? As a parent, if you stray from the flock, your kids undoubtedly stray from the flock and you make not only you, but your kids immediately vulnerable to the enemy. Everybody say, come on, Jesus. It's true. Am, am I right about this? You see, right relationships are God's plan for our ministry of productivity. Right relationships are God's plan for his multi-layered protection in our life. And number three, right relationships are God's plan for his manifest power to be realized in and through our lives. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 for just a second. Go back over there, Galatians, Ephesians. Let me show you this. Ephesians chapter 5, 
The Bible says this, verse 18 and 19, I think, uh, um, it says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. He's talking about relationships with one another, coming together in a place, but he says that it's through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Releases power. Everybody say amen. You see the first century church in Acts chapter 1 verse 2. They were all together in one place. And what happened? The Holy Spirit did what? He fell and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and were empowered, not individually, corporately. Uh, And you can be filled with the Spirit individually, but it's for the purpose of corporate impact. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, Matthew 19 or 18 I think it's Matthew 18, 19. It talks about the power of agreement in prayer. Where two of you agree as touching anything on earth, God goes to work in your behalf through the ministry and influence of right relationships. Amen? Whoo! It's true. Everybody say it's true. Right relationships are God's plan for his manifest power. And number four, right relationships or righteous relationships are God's plan for his multiplied praise to be released in the earth. Look what it says we do when we get together in verse 19. Speaking to one another. In, now this, this rattles my cage. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's the, that's the spontaneity of praise and worship that ought to erupt when God's people come together under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit in their life. It multiplies praise. What happened in Acts chapter 1 and 2 when the Holy Spirit fell? When they were all together in one place waiting on the promise of the Father and the Spirit of God came upon them and they all began, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and people. They went out into the streets and they began to praise Him in the Spirit and the people from all the different uh, regions and languages as we hear them uh, speaking the wonderful works of God in our very own language. What were they doing? There was a multiplied praise that erupted into the atmosphere. God is glorified. Come on now. God wants to manifest himself through righteous relationships with one another in the body of Christ. And let me just throw this in. It just popped in my head. I'm a da- It's dangerous. When things pop in my head, but listen, you can come and sit in this sanctuary 52 weeks a year and not build a relationship with someone else. You might think you're building a relationship with God, but you know, he gets a little offended. Let me just say, he gets a little offended if, if we say we love him, but we don't really express our love for his bride. You see, Relationships with God and others is what empowers us to be productive. It it protects us. It releases His power over us and through us. And number four, it releases His praise into the earth. And number five, right relationships are God's plan for His manifestation of His presence in the earth. Look what He said in Ephesians. Ephesians 2, he said this, we're being built together, the whole building, verse 21, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together, everybody say together, for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. In other words, when we come together, that's where God wants to show up, to manifest His presence in our life, and in our, in our ministry, and in our future, we need His presence. Jesus said this in Matthew 18, 20. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, that's where I'm at. If you don't know where I'm at, I'm hanging out with the people of God who are, who are hanging out together, praying and seeking. That's where God shows up. 
Some people off in their little corner somewhere, they're wanting God to show up. Let me tell you, it's where God shows up uh, all across America and around the world. He shows up in the body of Christ that has come together. Realize we're better together. We need one another. We're coming together to worship and magnify his name. And there's where God shows up. Well, Pastor, I pray in my quiet time. Well, sure. But if you think you can do this all alone, you are sadly, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, you are sadly mistaken. Peter said, if you do these things, you'll never stumble. But if you don't do them, you're just going to go down the tubes. I know I'm right about that. So, It's not the filling out of a card, even though we fill out cards. It's the connection that God wants us to make in our hearts, not only towards Him, but towards others. You say, Pastor, I don't know, man. I've been burned. You'll really get burned if you isolate yourself from others. Proverbs 18.1, he who isolates himself... He who isolates himself rages against all sound judgment. Let me read it. Let me get the totality of this. Proverbs 18.1. Oh, I got it. He who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all sound judgment. You can't be an isolationist and be a healthy whole Christian. Are you with me? Say amen. Now I want to close with this passage of Scripture. I don't know what time it is. I don't have my clock, but here we go. Go back to Acts chapter 2. The birth of the church. The people coming together. Everybody say we're better together. Peter gets up and preaches the gospel. Thousands of people are born again. Verse 40. Luke records. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. I just got to say, there were so many, they were guessing. Luke said, I get about, it's about. We didn't take... We, we, no one thought about the fact that we needed a scribe, uh, but about 3,000 souls were added to them. And catch this. And they continued steadfastly. Who's he talking to? These new believers. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There's the leadership influence. And fellowship. There's the family of faith influence. And breaking of bread and prayers. Then, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. What happened? Power was released. Through righteous relation, right relationship with God and right relationship with others, power was released. Verse 44, now all who believed were together and had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among Anyone as they had need, one of the major reasons they did that is because most of them were out of town. Verse 46, so continuing daily. Let me stop. Righteous relationships aren't built in a day. They're built daily. And not everybody's going to be your close friend, but there's some people God has planned within his family to be your close friends. Jesus had close friends. He had a best friend. He had close friends. He had the 70. He had the multitudes. He built relationships. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. We had a leadership meeting last night and uh, some of the uh, more astute leaders were not partaking of the pizza and the Cinnabons. Somebody say, 
Come on, Jesus. And I said, well, I'm being biblical with how I eat. I'm eating my food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Hallelujah. Praising God, listen, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Listen, people are starving to death. Catch me. People, Christians and non-Christians alike, they're starving to death for real relationships. Relationships that last. Tomorrow, Beverly and I will spend three days with people we have known and loved and who know and love us for over 40 years. We've laughed together. We've cried together. We've vacationed together. We've prayed for one another through their traumas and troubles. Beverly and I are close friends with five grown adults and their families from San Antonio, Texas, whose mom and dad, who we love dearly, (coughs) have beat us all into heaven unexpectedly. And so what do we do? We, We reach out and we love those kids and their grandkids, their kids. Because that's who we are. That's the relationships we built. It didn't happen in a day. It happened daily. It happened on purpose. We diligently pursued. We didn't realize what we were doing, but we got friends that will last a lifetime. You couldn't pay me enough money to get offended by any of them. You power up with people. We'll spend three days with them and hopefully we bring something to the table of encouragement with with all that we come in contact with. You know what's going to happen to Beverly and me these next three days? We're going to get powered up. Not just by God's presence, but by our friends and ministry associates who were joined together at the hip by this thing called God's will and plan for our lives. It's God's plan for us to have healthy relationships, righteous relationships all our life long. Sadly, in Scripture, I think of Paul the Apostle. Man, when, when people start beating on you and trying to kill you, friends tend to split. They don't want to be a part of that. Paul went through all kinds of persecution at the latter part of his life. He said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present, present world. I felt that pain some, but I've also on the other side felt the other side of the coin. Paul said, only Luke is with me. Luke was the physician. He was the one who wrote Acts chapter 2, who identified the glory of the family of God being birthed together. And you come to the close of your life. If your doctor is your close friend, that's pretty good. But God has a plan, it's His plan for us to build these relationships, be proactive, be diligent, give all diligence. Are you with me? Say amen. Let's stand up together. We're going to pray today. I'm going to pray for you that this word would permeate your very being, challenge you and encourage you to begin to step into the place of connection and commitment rather than stepping out. Let's step in and lean into relationships and begin to 
allow God to go to work in your life. As we bow our heads, let me say, Beverly and I, the way our relationships have been built through the years is through serving together the family of God. And so today with every head bowed and every eye closed, two-fold call, if you're here today and you're a member of this church, but you're not connected in a way of service and relationship, you kind of got your, a little stiff arm when it comes to building relationships. Listen, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all sound judgment. So I just tell you pastorally, pastorally don't do that. You may be here and you're not a member of the church and you're disconnected and you feel isolated, but something on the inside of you brought you here today. God's leading you to, to connect with the family of faith and begin to build relationships and begin to connect with the family of God with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm just searching for my place to connect, my place to belong. Ephesians says we belong in God's household with every other Christian. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I feel disconnected. I want to connect with not only with Jesus, but with his family. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you, but just lift your hand. You say, I feel a little disjointed or disconnected. And today I realize how much I need to plug in, get involved with others who can not only help me, but I can help them. Lift your hand wherever you are. I see it. I see it. I see it. Lord Jesus, today, as these have lifted their hands, I pray today that you, oh God, would begin to supernaturally reach into their world and lead them into a place of righteous relationships. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, one thing, and we're going to close. If you're here today and you're searching for a church home, I want you to pray about being a part of Church on the Rock North. Let me just say about our, our community, there are all kinds of great churches in this community. But you happen to be here today. I wonder why. Maybe God brought you here. And if you're praying and you sense God's divine okie-dokie, you feel like, ooh, I'm home. Yes, this is my family. If that's you, I would encourage you to just begin to uh, plug in, get involved, and then, and then make that known just either with me, Josh and Laura, Jim or Trish, Beverly, and just say, we believe God's adding us to this church. You know, when I was in the Baptist church, we played just as I am and get you to walk the aisle. If you want me to do that, I can. But if you could just, just say, hey, pastor, I believe we're home. We'll do the rest. We'll plug you in. We'll get you involved. We'll get you going and growing. And, and, and that protective hedge of God will begin to come on your life. So I want to encourage you. Don't just assume anything. Communicate. Connect. Amen. Uh, I don't know if anybody here, all the married people raise your hand. I don't know of any of you people who married, how you got re built relationship with each other without getting to know each other a little bit, right? Josh and Laura just didn't show up one day at the church and say, I do, right? They reached out and they connected. Uh, and that's the way it is in the family of faith. Get involved, be proactive, be diligent. God bless you. I'm so happy today. How about you? Amen. Father, thank you for the word of God. May it make a big difference in our lives. And Lord, as people, Lord, are praying, we agree together that you're leading them by your spirit to where you would have them to be, to connect and grow and be a part of the family of faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Love somebody before you go. And if you're a guest with us today, just feel like your family and shake a few hands today. God bless you. We'll see you this next Sunday right here at Church on the Rock North.